Welcome to Artful Conversations, a podcast about arts and cultural management. I'm Anita Latham. And I'm Katrina Ingram. We interview leaders who help shape the world of arts and culture, sharing their stories, their insights and observations. This season has been brought to you with the support of McEwen University and the Rosé Foundation. Welcome to Art for Conversations. I'm your host, Anita Latham. I'm thrilled to have Kelly Jarrod with us today. With more than 25 years of experience in the arts and cultural sector in Canada, Kelly is a passionate leader working to develop the cultural sector and the role it plays in creating sustainable, healthy communities. Kelly is active at a national level and was the past president of the Creative City Network of Canada, shaping and supporting the development of arts and culture nationally and internationally. Kelly serves as a sessional instructor at the McEwen University Arts and Cultural Management Programme. She also engages and empowers others through her ongoing work in the sector and speaking engagements at a local, national and international level, sharing her knowledge and experience in cultural planning and development, cultural policy, community building and strategic planning through adaptive change processes. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, great to be here. It's lovely, lovely to have you join us today. You have an extraordinary breadth of knowledge um, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about your journey as a Director of Cultural Services for over eight years and what was that like? Well, you know, when I, I took on the position in St. Albert, I mean, I was uh, certainly stepping into big big shoes and St. Yeah. Albert has a you know a very has been in a strong position in terms of culture and arts yeah. and and has uh, really laid some really good groundwork and to build on and and I was very fortunate to go into that position and it is a it was one that involves a great deal of direct service delivery with yeah. with the job so and fortunate to have just a fabulous team there to to work with and yeah. so so jumped into into that and you know was involved in a wide variety of different activities uh, and in St. Albert you know the municipality operates the Arden Theater and we run a yeah. number of festivals the International Children's Festival the Amplify Youth Festival and also has a really rich cultural history in terms of just the the history in the community and the museum and the heritage sites and art yeah. gallery and and fortunate to be involved in a wide variety of capital projects there whether it was maintaining the theater itself and the the involved in the life cycle planning and the maintenance yeah. there and a lot a lot of the restoration work that we did with some of the municipal heritage uh, properties in, yeah. in the community so it was a really fairly broad um, scope of work and you know certainly St. Albert has a rich uh, public art collection as well yeah. and, and was one of the early municipalities to to collect art and uh, so it was very uh, 
rewarding and uh, just so exciting to be involved and work with such a such a great team yeah and now you've moved on to new adventures um when you look over those back over those eight years what was your favorite thing it's kind of like asking you who's your favorite child isn't it <laughs> oh it sure have, you got is. A, have you got a favorite well you know what i because i started in the sector and i i did a lot of those hands-on jobs and I worked in venues and I managed venues I did bookings and I did events and that type of thing so I really had a good appreciation for what um, what my team was was involved with and every now and then you know as you move on in your career you become more involved in the policy work and and helping to set the stage for others and and give them the tools they need to do the things they do and then you kind of yeah. get out of their way and you let them let them go but occasionally I'd get to get my hands in there and I'd be able to roll up my sleeves and, and yeah. be involved. And I think the project that I think resonates the most for me and that will all hold with me and will stay with me for, for a long time is the healing garden project. And it was the Kakusamokamek healing garden. And it was one that we worked on with the community and we worked with an elder and knowledge keepers and residential school survivors and community representatives to build this place of healing in the community and it i learned so much and it yeah. was it was a really hard uh, journey at times and challenging and didn't always go smoothly but i learned so much and we worked together on it and it's one that was it addressed you know some of the the items that in the calls to action in the truth and reconciliation commission's yeah. calls to action and it provided that place for healing and and it it really was a symbol of of that reconciliation journey in the community and it's one of those that i'm just so honored to have been able to be part of and work with that with that group and be yeah. part of that circle to make that happen and that's something that's going to just be there for forever and to that's one that I I've held held close yeah, yeah. there's so many yeah. projects that I've been involved with and so many that I helped facilitate and then to watch um, my team and and individual members of the team you know succeed and excel yeah. and see those things come to fruition was just just so rewarding yeah oh, that's amazing that's absolutely amazing and um it sounds like it was an incredible project um so one of the other amazing things that you have done in your career is you've been uh the president of the creative cities network of canada um and uh you're now currently a board member you no longer hold the role of president tell us a little bit about that role how you know how how did you get it um how did you get the gig um but also you know what was the connection between that and your your leadership job at council and you know i mean two really significant roles well, the Creative City Network is is really a network and it connects cultural workers across across the country. So yeah. quite often when you start in a position, you might not um, know where to go for information or you've been asked by your council or municipality or your boss that said, hey, you know, I need information on this and, and yeah. 
you're like, I don't even know where to start with that, but you don't want to ask. <laughs> and, and so you reach out, you have this little lifeline to yeah. colleagues right across the country and the Creative City Network provides those, provides those connections. Yeah. And it, it lets people know you could be working in a municipality in Nova Scotia or a municipality on the West Coast or in, in Ontario somewhere or in St. Albert. Yeah. And, and you can reach out and know that you're not alone. You're not the only one dealing with these things. And, and you can reach out and you can get examples and you can talk to somebody who's been through that and they can give you the do this, but don't do this. <laughs> this is what I did, and I, don't do that. <laughs> and they'll and everybody's been just so free to share information and share their experiences and their learnings. And that was the real key. And, and that's yeah. why so many people get involved with that network. And it's one of the reasons that the network has excelled and grown over the years. So after I had been in the position, I joined as a member and the municipality yeah. was a member and and then decided that, you know, I wanted to be involved a little bit more and share some of my learnings and experiences that, that I could bring to the table. The Creative City Network offers a uh, Creative City Summit every year, and it's a professional development yeah. opportunity. And it's one of the few that are Canadian that yeah. uh, we can go to, you know, that's Canadian-based. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of... Um, conferences and professional development uh, and training so offered that that experience as well as the, the experience from the not-for-profit sector and, yeah. and just kind of that that industry experience to to the board so I got in on the as a board member and kind of worked my way through started a, then moved to vice president and then president and it's kind of two years in each in each right. of those roles and then and right now I'm I'm serving as a past president so kind of helping with that transition and yeah. continuity within the organization and I mean it's one of those um, organizations that uh, it connects and we forget we uh, uh, those in Canada we tend to downplay sometimes um, yeah. our, our experience and the expertise and and Creative Cities has really ha had that broader reach internationally. I was uh, so fortunate to even talk about that with uh, some international colleagues. Uh, in 2016, I traveled to South Korea to right. the, the uh, Cre UNESCO Creative City Forum in Jeonju and talked yeah. about the Creative City Network and how we connect right across Canada because it's, it's, you know, we have a very big country. We're very yeah. spread out, and right. uh, and many of the other international uh, and other nations, they they're just like, how do you do that? How do you maintain that connection? And yeah. and so we've shared our learnings, and and some of those other creative cities and and uh, and countries are are learning and following that model. So it was a real um, eye opener in terms of just how they view us and yeah. and how we can even broaden those connections. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Um, to our listeners, I highly recommend that you go and have a look at the Creative City Network of Canada's website. There's some fantastic resources on that website. It's just absolutely wonderful. And like you said, it's it's kind of nice to know you've got colleagues out there who might not be sitting in the cubicle next to you, 
but who are kind of doing the journey with you and and walking through some of the challenges that you might have as well so you know sometimes uh shared knowledge is the best knowledge really um so thank you for that that's amazing now i want to talk a little bit about your role in local government and you know kind of your um, insights that you've got having had such an extraordinary role um, and in relation to definitely the role that local government plays in developing culture in a community and you know what do you feel is your take on what your purpose was in the job that you had and your team um, and what role did they play in trying to develop the the cultural dialogue um, and cultural sector within the community and we can talk specifically about St Albert or you can spread it out if you like. Okay well I think in local government and and it changes it's a little different in each community and I don't know that there's any two municipalities um, yeah. that operate exactly the same way and and there are a variety of different models in terms of whether it's service delivery and how they serve the community because you could be working in an urban area or a, a very rural setting and there there are a variety of different um, different models so yeah. you could have somebody who's working in a one-person office and they do everything and yeah. you know so so you you're doing the hands-on stuff and you're you're doing a wide variety of all of those different different programs and uh, or you could be in an organization that uh, has a large team and and you're doing a lot of direct service delivery and you uh, you know so st. Albert is a good example where 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 we did a lot of direct service delivery and and it's a different model and partly yeah. because you know the city hall in st albert st albert place is it actually was built it was a place for the people it's a cultural place yeah it houses it houses you know a whole series of visual art studio it houses the museum and it houses the theater and the library and it's just and it's a gathering place and it's yeah. a very rich cultural center and so it makes sense that that the city provides those direct services and operates those facilities and provides that service to the community. There are others where the municipality may work in partnership with a not-for-profit, you know, yeah. or they have an arts council. So Edmonton has the arts council, and um, and they often provide some of that direct delivery to to the community, yeah. Um, so it varies. So in terms of, of the role that that I played in in local government and and what my team would have done, um, we work with community groups. So it could yeah. be working with your community organizations and and arts and cultural organizations to empower them and and help them with their board development and governance and yeah. how they might access additional funding, whether the city is providing funding to those organizations or, or providing that connection and, and sharing resources to, to provincial or, or federal yeah. funding to help them along. And, and sometimes it's just talking, talking things through with them and <laughs> yeah. providing that sounding board and giving yeah. them some suggestions. Um, the other thing that, that, uh, the role that we play is sometimes it's setting the stage and, and I'll yeah. use the arts analogy in terms of, you know, you set the stage, you get all the props set, the lighting set, and you've got everything queued up. And so 
my role, for example, in, in St. Albert was to make sure that my team had what they needed to, yeah. to do their, do their job. So that shifted over the years. And, yeah. and so it becomes more of that policy and working with council and the community to have policies in place and yeah. bylaws in place and making sure that we have the tools and the resources necessary to do what we need to do yeah. and also engaging with the community and you know we don't want to be doing working on programs and services that that aren't in line with what the community wants or the yeah. community values and that ties to our municipal planning and, and yeah. you know what the community vision is and what does the community want to see going forward? And then how can we work together with them to make that happen? Yeah. But having those policies in place provides that framework and it, it gives you that longevity in terms of your program. So you can tie the, the budget and your planning and your, you know, your action plans year to year and, and that longer term planning and you've got that map and you're yeah. following that through. Yeah, it, oh, that's a really good um, launch point for us to talk about sustainable community and, you know, how the value and importance of culture kind of sits inside that narrative because sustainability is um, really the new focus on, on a whole different level than it's ever been before. And, um, you know, so from your perspective and the work that you were doing, in relation to you know the value and importance of culture for the overall community how did you feel um, that pillar of sustainability threaded through the work that your team and yourself were doing you know it's something that i think it grew as i got into the role and created that greater understanding when i first started i was dealing with the the hands-on stuff and yeah uh, you get that kind of sorted out and you you're comfortable with where your team are and and working working together and then you you look at kind of what are the tools that are necessary what are the elements that are necessary uh, to ensure that the community has that rich cultural element embedded yeah. and yeah. and the key pillars of sustainability and uh, as you know that you know the environmental uh, economic and the social and the cultural they yeah. all form that fabric and they're they we need all of those elements and they all interconnect yeah. and we need all of those for our communities to be healthy and and these are widely recognized worldwide and these are ones that you know many communities have them embedded in their in their uh, community vision and their community plans and and developing those long-range plans and one of the things that I've learned over over the years is we can't just focus on the arts or on yeah. the cultural element I mean, many do, and and sometimes you have to kind of get your own shop in order first, and then <laughs> yeah. and then you you reach out a little bit. But it's it's even more important now with um, just with dealing with the impacts of of the pandemic and and what many you know many municip all municipalities are are dealing with right now, and how do we go forward? Yeah. And we're having to revisit how we do things and and the processes and and the processes and systems that we had in place before, we're having to kind of turn totally around and upside down and and yeah. we're working in that 
in, we're in the middle of change and it's just that ongoing change. So we have to learn to be adaptive, but how can we work together with colleagues in, in various departments within the organization and partner with community organizations and, and other governments and funding yeah. agencies and, and work with the community. I mean, you look at um, in the middle and, and at various stages, what do you reach to? Like, what are those needs that you have? And what, it varies from day to day. Yeah. I mean, there are days where we're all having a rough day and, and <laughs> it's like, what do you do to, yeah. to get your head back in the, in the game? And it might be, you know, listening, putting on your headphones and listening to some music or watching a film or going to, you know, watching, um, you know, the theater. We've watched a lot of stuff online, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the, the arts are one of the things and the cultural elements are, are, you know, one of the key things that we've reached to, and yeah. you look at the, you know, the storytelling and, and that we've experienced and exchanged and, and the social connections of getting together. I mean, we've done lots of, we've all learned lots of technology through this <laughs> whole thing too. And, and, but, but we found new ways to connect and have those yeah. social connections, but it, you know, it's all of those pieces yeah. that need to come together to make a community rich. And we need to figure out what that looks like going forward. Yeah. And, and, and how do we continue to adapt? Yeah. I, I love the um, four principles that you mentioned, environment, economy, social and culture as sustainability, because most of us, uh, when sustainability comes up, most of the conversations around environment and you know how to keep the green green um, mm -hmm. and the blue blue uh, and keep the rubbish away from both of them. Uh, so I, you know, I think it's really important um, to talk about, as you mentioned, sustainability and culture and the storytelling and as you know as uh, municipalities develop cultural plans to sustain that and make sure that those storytelling and the knowledge keeping and all of that is not lost in the development of a plan. And I think those four fundamental um, statements that you made about the environment, economy, social and culture really underpin the way we need to be moving forward. And I think it also helps us shape that, the concept that sustainability is about stewardship and it's about stewardship as we move forward and you know it, it's whatever it is in culture it's we are only stewards of it we're not owners of it and it's our jobs to kind of be good stewards in the next step while we've got our hands on it really in some way um so when you think about sustainability and and talking about culture and the development of culture I'm aware you've been involved in writing, and you're quite instrumental in developing St Albert's uh, Cultural Master Plan. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that process? It sounds a little scary when you say a master plan. <laughs> it's kind of, it, it, you know, you kind of go the junior plan and then the master plan. It kind of sounds a bit more user-friendly. But mm -hmm. tell us about the process of creating the, you know, developing the plan you know, the steps that you took as yourself and with your team and really what was the purpose of creating a master plan for a municipality? 
Well, I think having that master plan and the cultural master plan, and that was St. Albert's was finished in, in 2012. So it's yep. getting a little, it's a little older right now. Yep. And, and many of our master plans are written to be that, you know, 10 to 15 year time yep. frame, and, and it creates that long term vision. It's really your long term plan for that area. Yeah. And uh, when we did the St. Albert, uh, cultural master plan we you know we did the community consultation we involved community groups we had there was a stakeholder uh, advisory committee and a community advisory committee in terms of the culture group and and we reached out to uh, community organizations yeah. and of course did you know that we engaged a, a consultant uh, to work with us on that yeah. and and so they helped with 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 that framework and helping to move that forward but really as a as a municipality and 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 the team within the municipality there's still you know you don't just hand it off to the consultant it needs yeah. to be specific to that community and it needs to resonate with the community so yeah. it's so important to reach out to the community representatives and get that broader sense uh, from the community and they may they you know we tried to get just as an example in terms of what you know what's going on in the community yeah. how are people participating in arts and culture and sometimes they may not even realize that they're participating in yeah. in arts or culture and yeah. you know if they are attending a, a concert or a show and they're going to see their favorite band play at the Arden or or somewhere else in the community or one of the festivals or or they might be watching a film and that's engaging in the arts. So sometimes yeah. it meant defining what that is to, to make sure that we were getting a good, uh, good uh, representation of, of what people were doing. It also involved kind of mapping what resources were in the community and what we're yeah. lacking and what we needed to work on yeah. and, and working a way through that and where the needs were in the community so we worked through that with the with the consultants and the community and did a number of focus groups and interviews with the council represent yeah. representatives of course and and a lot of the organizations and the community organizations and arts organizations yeah and when we did the 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 cultural master plan we actually were working on the recreation master plan at the same time so right. we actually shared some resources so when we did some of the surveys uh, for the technical data and, and that that detailed data where we did the phone surveys and and that type of thing with yeah. the community we were able to share those those uh, some of those uh, those expenses so it, yeah. it created some efficiencies so so in that way it worked it worked quite well uh, so that was kind of how that how that process worked in it that's really yeah. condensing it yeah but yes. what we what we got out of that and and they vary too because it really depends on the community so we came out with six priorities yeah uh, to respond to the cultural needs of the community and it was you know the celebrate the cultural assets and increase and deepen cultural participation, yeah. promote cultural tourism, establish sustainable funding, ensure infrastructural strength, and optimize cultural services delivery. And they each had recommendations and yeah. potential strategies and how you might measure success. And what that did, ours was kind of that higher level, and it wasn't yeah. the 
checklist of this yeah. is what you need to do and these are the steps. It was broad enough that it gave us, gave us some flexibility in terms yeah. of how we implemented that. And how that looked going forward was we were able to use those as the, the guidelines. So we had those, those priority areas yeah. and recommendations within those. And we were able to measure that. So we started doing a report on culture and kind of yeah. providing some, some stats and this is what we we're doing and this is what we were able to get through in this particular area and yeah. highlight some of those measurements as we went forward and how we were addressing those those community needs so yeah. so it provided that annual report it it let people know what what was happening and what services were happening in the community and uh, it worked quite well for us now there's been some shifting in trends in terms of how, you know, what do those plans look like going forward? Yeah. Um, one of the things that that's been happening, most many communities are updating their municipal development plan. Yeah. And that's the, that longer term vision. What does that community vision look like on a very, very long term? And, yeah. and those are the things that, you know, are provide the, this is what we're going to do. This is, what's important to the community and it provides that basis. And so some, some of our communities now are really shifting yeah. what the, you know, it may not be called a master plan. It might be called something else, but it's yeah. that long-term plan of how we're going to serve the community. But there's also that element of the, we can't work in isolation in the cultural yeah. sector. Yeah. We need to be working with our colleagues in other areas. And, you know, so, as an example, I, one of the things that we started in, you know, with some of my colleagues on leadership team was, you know, yeah. we started having more informal conversations and we might get together for coffee with, you yeah. know, one of the, I would, you know, with the director of planning and engineering and recreation. And, you know, we would shift that around and, and have those conversations with, you know, folks in public works and finance. So yeah. they understood and, and, and I understood and we understood what, our colleagues were dealing with in other areas and, and there were some occasions where we were saying, Hey, well, we're doing this too. Like yeah. we don't both need to, you know, <laughs> resources in this area, let's share and get together and, and yeah. trade, uh, you know, and use those resources together. So that interconnectivity is really important. Yeah. And you tie that back to the pillars of sustainability and you have a look at that. Yeah. It's, it's that interconnectivity and, it really reinforces that. So you look at your long-term planning with your development plan and what that long-term vision is. And then you think back to, okay, well, what, how does that relate to what I'm going to do? Yeah. And, and you know what, if you can tie what you're doing and you connect it with colleagues throughout yeah. your organization, then they're, they're actually supporting you as well. And, yeah. Yeah, and I think working together and there may be days where you might be helping out other colleagues to, to move forward stuff that that's really yeah. key for them, but it does impact you. Um, and it creates a greater understanding and appreciation for the value of culture and what we do yeah. and the value of, you know, the economy and the impact culture has in the economy and the environment. I mean, and, and sometimes you get questioned, well, what does, what does the environment have to do with culture? Like, how does that yeah. work? Well, yeah. You know, I can give you just a visual example. In, in St. Albert, um, the outflows, out, outfalls in, yeah. um, 
into the river and we're you know quite often it's just a chain link fence and that type yeah. of thing well worked in what with our environment team and and actually embedded an artist with that team and yeah. created a really unique design to create a really beautiful wonderful um, structure there yeah. that actually provides an educational opportunity it's a safety <laughs> thing yeah. as well and yeah. we've we've created something really nice so you can walk by people stop and have a look at it and yeah. and ask what it is and it it provides that connection but it you know there are all kinds of of examples of how that works together yeah. and and how they all connect yeah. as you go yeah. forward but it i think that's one of the things that we need to look at going forward and how can we it's embedding that policy yeah embedding culture in the policies throughout the organization and how do we work together yeah. and it's part of that we need to look at how we can do things differently going forward yeah. we have the luxury i mean every municipality right across the country is looking at their budgets yes. and they're challenged and how can we do this differently is there yeah. a different way we can do it and sometimes it means letting go of some stuff yeah. but there's also real opportunity because there could be some really fantastic things that emerge yeah. out yeah. of this as we go forward. Yeah, and I think what you're, you know, what's really um, resonated with me and what you're saying is a master plan in some ways gives you some freedom to, to actually engage in a dialogue that wasn't there before. And uh, there's always power in coffee. I always say to the students, take someone for a coffee. Take them for a coffee. It'd be amazing what you can do. And, and, and I, like you, have worked at a senior level in council. And, you know, we, we had a situation where we had indoor swimming pool and had to replace the tiles. And because same thing because we had a policy a cultural policy in place mm -hmm. we spoke to the engineering department and said how about an artist does this and suddenly you've got instead of white tiles on a on a swimming pool building wall you've got this amazing piece of artwork done by an artist who still was able to meet with all the requirements the building specs and everything and um you're right when you when you culture is embedded right across a plan and right across the city's development concept then it enriches the city for everybody and everybody has opportunity to engage in those kind of things tell me if you can remember when you were developing uh, the plan and you said you know you had a consultant and you did all of those kind of touch points with community was there anything that came out of that kind of community mapping exercise that surprised you at all I think one of the things that, and I meant referenced it a little bit, was when we were doing that inventory of kind of, you know, what were people participating in, how many people participated in cultural activities. It was one of these little things because those of us who work in the arts and and you know identify ourselves as yeah. art people who go to art types yeah. of things, and um, you know, we we just assume that everybody else is understands yeah. that and, or sees that sees the world in that particular way and it yeah. was the the folks that they the fact that not everybody you know ident has that same definition yep. of what the arts are and what culture yeah. is and it was the need that we had to we had to find a different way of explaining it yeah. and showing people that it wasn't just 
what was in this little box and and participating in the arts wasn't just going to the opera or the symphony or the theater and and what may have been at one point um defined as the arts and going yeah. to the gallery and yeah. and making the arts much more accessible and i know our symphonies across the country and and operas and and the galleries are are doing tremendous work in terms of of increasing their accessibility and how we yeah. define art and what how they reach the public as well and so we had to do that as a community and that was one of the things that it you know it's something really simple but yeah. if we increase the awareness of and understanding of what the arts are and what culture is yeah. um, that really provides that connection for people and if they if if the community has that connection with what culture is and what that definition of culture is, yeah. it makes such a big difference. It's kind of like the, the culture and talking about that tangible and intangible and kind yeah. of what's, what's the stuff that you can physically see yeah. and touch. And then, then there's the intangible stuff and those like the stories and that the cultural stories and the history yeah. of a community that really makes that community rich and and quite often we build on those those yeah. those stories and yeah. and i mean you look at um some of the designs coming out and and the new design for the art gallery of nova scotia it is yeah. it is based on indigenous culture and it's based yeah. on some of the story and it connects it provides that connection and there's symbolism built into the design and you can look at many of those landmark uh, institutions around the world yeah. and it's the ones that really stand out have that symbolism and there's stories attached and there's elements of the community culture that are built into those architectural designs and yeah. and I mean when you go on holidays and you say well where are you going and what are you doing and quite often you know you list the it's cultural activities that yeah. they're going to see. They're going to the museum or they're going, they've gone to this performance and, or a festival and, you know, that type of thing. So um, it's, it really is, it really is important. Yeah. Going. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really picking up on what you're saying is, you know, if you have the privilege of working in the cultural sector and local government is engage and listen to your community um, because they, they can advise you, they can advise you, and you can for free, um, <laughs> but they can give you some direction in your work. Um, from your um, from your role as in having been in local government, what advice would you give someone who's thinking about entering local government um, in, in the cultural sector? Wow. Um... There's a lot of that, you know, if you, if yeah. I knew that, what I know now. <laughs> so here it goes. <laughs> I think, you know, you mentioned the coffee and, 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 you know, connecting with folks for coffee or, you know, having those conversations and reaching out. And, you know, those of us who work in the sector are all too happy to share some of our experiences and learnings. And, and, you know what, while we sure don't want, you know, the stuff that, you did and didn't work well and blew up in your face and yeah. you don't want anybody else to go through that. So we're, you know, we're very free to, you know, we're very free with those learnings and sharing the learnings so that somebody else doesn't have to go through that. So somebody new starting in the sector, I think 
I think, you know, talking to people, yeah. volunteering, getting involved, um, taking, taking courses, getting out to industry organizations. I mentioned the Creative City Summit and, and Creative Cities, you know, joining some of those industry yeah. organizations. So the yeah. music organizations or the theater organizations and service organizations right across the country, getting involved and volunteering. And then you develop that network and you yeah. meet people. If you volunteered with one of the music awards, you know, ha happening regionally, and you've met people who've been on that organizing committee, yeah. you know, you don't know where that relationship is going to go or the connections that they might have. And, and you're going to learn stuff along yeah. the way. Um, and I think, you know, even how we define what those careers are in, yeah. in local government, it's a, there's a wide variety. Um, yeah. And I mentioned, you know, the different models that, different municipalities have in terms of how they deliver those services yeah. and it varies. So, I mean, just because, you know, maybe you're a numbers person and that's your thing and you love all yeah. those spreadsheets, you know, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you, you don't work in, you may yeah. not work in the arts. I mean, we need, we need people who, who get that. And, yeah. and if you understand the industry and, and you have that passion for the arts and culture, you know, that's something that, you know, it is important and we need to be able to do that and do that well as we go forward. So I think, you know, participating in networking sessions and getting out to events and talking to yeah. people and just if there's a job that you're interested in, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, can you tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about about this. Can I get together with you for for a, a bit and, and yeah. tell me what what's involved and and folks are more to more than happy to, yeah. to share that experience yeah well thank you so we've had a wonderful wonderful and very enriched um, conversation and I really thank you for that but for yourself and your new adventure where, where do you see things going in the in the future for yourself wow well you know I had a great I had a great run in, in St. Albert and, and working with that fab, with the fabulous team and the community, you know, so supportive. And, um, but St. Albert wasn't, it was my temporary home, but yeah. uh, I'm back in Nova Scotia now. And I grew up here in Nova Scotia and, and really thrilled to be back after over 20 years uh, yeah. working in, in Alberta yeah. and looking forward to having a, finding a new, experiment or something yeah. to try something new yeah. and looking forward to engaging with the community here with some yeah. of the organizations and sharing my knowledge and experience whether it's with you know post-secondary institutions here yeah. or, or or with McEwen or going forward and and I'm still involved with the Creative City Network yes. and are you know volunteering my time there and yeah. just looking for I want to get back in touch and do a little bit more of the hands-on and the stuff that gives me energy and, yeah. and maybe do a little creating myself going yeah. forward. Uh, but certainly building on, on the experiences and the relationships that I've built uh, over, over the years and uh, looking forward to trying some new things in new ways. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. And, um, you know, we'll all look forward to seeing what you create for us. First of all, and if we need and if we need someone to help us with a master plan, we'll be coming your way. Okay. <laughs>
Thank you so much for our conversation. It's been a delight chatting with you and um, and and you sharing your phenomenal experience with us. Um, I really appreciate it and, and thank you. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much, Janetta. Katrina, this interview with Kelly was absolutely amazing and what an extraordinary skill set and what an amazing career she has had. Um, I think one of the things that really, really resonated for me throughout everything she talked about was strength of network and understanding your network and being an active member of your network not just kind of signing up and watching everything happen around you but being active and how and and the, at one point she talked about um the interdepartment meetings that they had at st albert and how they were informal they were just informal coffee chats but how how so much got achieved in those i, I just felt that was really fascinating yeah, I was listening to this and thinking we're so fortunate to have Kelly as part of our network and our community at McEwen. And I, I really got a sense of Kelly as a leader. And she used this really great analogy of setting the stage for her team. So kind of making sure that the team had everything that they needed to do their job. Um, everyone from the frontline service delivery folks to the cultural services, all of the different groups that uh, reported into her um, as she managed that cultural services role. And I just really got the sense of Kelly herself as a leader. Oh, yeah, very, very much so. And, you know, I've had students on placement with her. And like you've said, we are so privileged to have her as part of our, our teaching team. And, um, you know, it's just amazing, I think, what the team out at St Albert were able to achieve under her leadership. And I think that's a real reflection of her as a leader. Absolutely. I also picked up on this point about the four principles, environment, economy, social and culture. And she talked about all of this needing to work together very holistically for sustainability. And I thought that was a really important point. Um, to unpack and how you know all of these elements kind of work together in terms of culture in terms of storytelling and in terms of true sustainable community this show was created by executive producer and host annetta latham co-host katrina ingram and technical producer paul johnson research assistants involved were caitlin mckinnon and McEwen bachelor of music students theme music by emily darfour and cover it by Costanza Patcher. Special thanks to the Rosé Foundation for their support and to our guests. Artful Conversations is a production of McEwen University. All rights reserved.